Welcome, dear listener. It's Weekend at Crombie's 2, The Legend of Crombie's Gold, Season 3, Episode 12, The Harder They Fall. Dear listener, to Weekend at Crombies 2, etc. My name is Dr. James Evans. Maybe he was going to call us nincompoops. And I'm Hugh. I'm lightning with the blam blams. <laughs> very good, very good. So we've we got some parish notices to make first, haven't we? Before we actually talk about the harder they fall. Yeah, so the first thing is, the reason we're talking about the harder they fall, and not as previous advertised the power of the dog, was because between uttering those words and actually turning on the telly, um, it's disappeared. It's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. It's we gone from its... buy it. Yeah, it's, it's not just gone from streaming. It's gone from being able to purchase. I mean, other than hunting down a DVD and, you know, well, finding a DVD the, player. We have done that in the past, haven't we? You know, we have yes. purchased DVD. So it's not like we were against it. You know, podcasts wait for no man. But we'd have to also now buy DVD players, <laughs> which is, <laughs> it seems excessive. Well, actually, the other thing was you've seen The Power of the Dog and didn't like it at all anyway. So, you know, why put yourself to that twice? Well, that's true. It was awful. So yes, so we we have the harder they fall, which is also a, the the tw- the twelfth yeah. decade in our in our westerns. This is that the can't 2020s. be right, can it? The twelfth decade that makes it sounds like, but isn't twelve decades ago one hundred and twenty years? It's a very good point. Have we miscounted? I think we did. We, <laughs> we, we, did, we doubled up on the fifties. I think or something like that. The sixty. We did. We did three in the sixties. Oh my God! His basic maths is failing us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was say, sure, the, the film hasn't been around for one hundred and twenty years, has it? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'll re- I'll restate that. It's it's the twelfth episode in our decades long span of the uh, of the western, starting from nineteen thirty. So it's close. It's it certainly years. feels it certainly feels de- decades long, doesn't it? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're there. We're, ne- we're there. We're here. This is the final thing. So mm. the first one is we're doing the harder they fall. That's it. That's, That's it. All. Yeah. That was second, the one that was open o- open to us. That's the first thing we're going to talk about this evening. Yes. Like the second thing is, and like lump. The second thing is uh, the reason we were so up against it and couldn't go hunting around for DVDs with the power of the dog was because we have been filming twelve more episodes um one might almost say an entire year's worth <laughs> in addition to this um covering christmas movies we are going to be doing from the 13th of december the 12 days of crombie episode a day covering a christmas movie so tune in for that it'll come very quickly after this one so you'll be in a real treat yeah and if you're listening to this at any point in the future it isn't the 13th of december it's whenever you want <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> There we are. That's it. I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm sure I can hear in the distance applause (laughs) and cheering. I'm sure that's what that is. Maybe it's my stomach. Um, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But look, we're talking about The Harder They Fall, as you say, a a substitute film, perhaps, but um, certainly one that we have invested our time in and we'll give it a good going, won't we? We will. We will work through it. I'm, as as tradition befits, I'm going to hand over to Hugh for the for the synopsis, and I will interject occasionally um, to make sure that I uh, uh, interrupt Hugh's flow. So over to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I suppose again, actually, this film sets its stall out over pre-credits, saying that you know, even though the the situations and the stories are fictional, these 
full stop people full stop mm. existed full stop which is both true because a lot of them are based on actual historical figures yeah. but the point they're making is the cast is overwhelmingly african-american um or of mixed of people of color um yeah and so right. it's 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 making that point that the um you know black cowboys are fantastically yeah. underrepresented um and not least in the previous 11 films we've watched yeah, I was gonna uh, say. So, yes i think we we have this season has been the most white season <laughs> i not even thought of it like that yeah <laughs> but it's true isn't it i mean you know even even any any character in it that isn't white usually gets killed yeah or, or <laughs> so, is playing native american and may or may not be which is yeah, something worse yeah, in yeah. fairness but yeah some yeah, of the early ones were just you know a guy with feathers and hair and, and gravy browning but nonetheless yeah. this is again this is a, a a quite a star-studded cast of um of a black and white talent deep, doesn't it Blimey. yeah yeah yeah. And there's loads of people in this one. But anyway, so um, we'll begin uh, again. It's a it's a, a nice homestead, you know, well, well dressed young man, well dressed man um, is saying grace with his, with his young wife and their young, young son. But there's a knock on the door and uh, an outlaw comes in. We don't see his face, but we know he's bad news. And um, the father does know this person and is kind of saying, let's let's leave this house, leave my family out of it. Let's settle our business. This is between me and you. This is. Yeah, let's settle that, settle our business. Um, but without speaking a word um the mother is immediately killed and um, before the, um, the father is then quickly followed so the young son who's only 10 years old is, is sort of crying out um when he's you know grabbed by all the gang and um and a cross is carved upon his forehead it's uh, quite a grim opening scene oof, i was wondering what i get into yeah, yeah. um and still, so then many years later, uh, yeah. one of the gang, uh, who's uh, Hispanic, we um, he's recognisable because he's got a scorpion tattoo on his hand. Uh, he's he's basically now, um, I think he's not quite a man he's of the ch- church. He's a church. Well, he's he's a he's a reformed character, though, isn't he? He says so. I mean, he's here to collect. He's collect the church collection, um, but he mm. may make some comments about you know what happens when I don't get my collection. So <laughs> yeah, so maybe he's, he's somewhere reformed. between a church official yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and a racketeera um but no uh, a, a young cowboy is waiting for him not the ch- the priest and the young cowboy as he looks is uh is we call him nate nat love nat uh, nate love yeah played by jonathan love. majors played by jonathan majors yes um oozing charisma it must be said uh yeah. and he's, yeah. he's got the cross on his forehead so we realize he is the young boy who's all grown up he and is. and without much ado he gets shot four times and shot in the most cinematic style it, it reminds me a lot of sierra <laughs> leone he gets shot oh, once definitely. and then the it comes up harder, you know, blood yeah. is flying across the screen yeah. as letters are flying, as this uh, chap is flying as well as he gets shot. It's very spaghetti Western, isn't it? In its, in its, in its visualisation. Yeah, both the blood and the titles and yeah. the violence and the yeah. music is synchronising yeah. perfectly as this person yeah. gets shot and killed four Definitely. times. Um, whereupon um, Nat Love just tells the, the actual priest who's been carrying behind the altar, um, turn this man in there's a reward of five thousand dollars on his head put it for your church and he goes well, why don't you collect the reward he goes well there's 10 on me um so <laughs> we have the measure of nat love and then we yeah. go into um well, he's, he's the head of the nat love gang isn't he that's the thing we, exactly which we are introduced to in yeah. probably the, the, most, the most stylish opening credits since young guns um where <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna i would say the most awesome. stylish opening credits since the good the bad and the ugly to be honest oh yeah that is also oh i tell you what yeah that's true yeah because yeah. that's similar isn't it because you, you have got that kind of rotoscope of, yeah it does yeah yeah so we're introduced to all the members of the nat love gang and the um well, the, the um the rufus buck gang um yeah the rufus not knowing, buck again gang, if yeah. there's not knowing a thing about them this 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 would actually mm. might work a lot better post credits when you know the people because uh, at the moment they're just um you know names actors you recognize coming up with characters you don't yeah uh, but they're very stylish like you see them you know, twirling their six shooters and kind of uh, holding their hats in a stylish way so uh the cast is is kind of set up and um 
and yes, we we then see the the other two members of the Nat Love Gang, uh, Bill Pickett, who's a sharpshooter, and Jim mm-hmm. Beckwith, who's a who's a quick draw artist, uh, ambushing the Crimson Hood Gang, who are just basically guys with red hoods on their heads, uh, and they uh, they shoot them all down and take what they've taken um, from the local bank. So much like Omar Little from The Wire, they don't rob <laughs> banks; they rob the people who rob banks, which they which they consider, I think, both moral and keeps them out of trouble because no one knows yeah. the people. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, the last survivor... they made a bad they made a bad choice on this one though, haven't they? Yes, they haven't just robbed the Crimson Hoods. The Crimson Hoods are in the service of of um, Rufus Buck, who uh, yeah. and so they're not, they've stolen Rufus Buck money. This is implied is very bad news. Um, so we then uh, cut to the Rufus Buck gang, um, yeah. led by uh, treacherous Trudy Smith and Cherokee Bill. Um, both, yeah, so both played by uh, was it Lakeith Stanfield and yeah. uh, Regina King. Stanfield fantastic as well in their yeah. roles i think oh, so oscar and regina king yeah Lucky yeah. Stanfield. um yeah cherry Oki bill was fantastic he had this yeah. uh, marvelous kind of jedi cool to uh yeah it, it was a shame that they were set up again as the villains because they were great fun to watch um, they were they were so, i thought regina king was fierce in this film. Yes, she was excellent yeah. yeah so they uh they again they ambushed the train again um managed to both out out cool and outwit the soldiers guarding the big case yeah. of the big, yeah. big safe of stuff. We're not quite sure what's happening first of all, are we? Because you think yeah. you, you know they they they're gonna they're gonna steal a load of money, aren't they? But it's it's not money. It's something more dangerous. Indeed, they open up the big case and they find inside is Rufus Buck, um, wearing his prison fatigues, but again looking very dangerous. Um, yeah. Played by Idris Elba, the fate that played the, by the most Elba, yeah. the most famous beard this, this <laughs> side of this side of the twentieth century, I think. You see, I haven't watched much of Luther, his his um his British oh, detective yeah, series, yeah. so I keep forgetting that he's actually British because he does such a good American accent. He does such he, a good he's... American accent, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because he, he left shortly after he did Ultraviolet, the vampire series in like the two thousands, and kind of yeah. I think threw himself into American acting, and that was it. Never looked back. Well, you know, I mean, I, I kind of forgive anything that Idris Elba does because of <laughs> The Wire. You know, Absolutely. you know, you I, that's it. It's like he could be in the worst. He could be in the worst film ever made, and. It doesn't matter. He was still in the wire. <laughs> Indeed. Although I, did, I remember like, an interview uh, that came along. That basically, the gist was: if you're um, a, a black British actor and you want success, learn an American accent because the parts yeah. are there and they're not the here. Parts are there. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so yes, so they've they've released um, Rufus Buck, um, and apparently uh, this the, this general and the soldiers who are guarding it are so evil that they've had a, a contract taken out on them, and if the Rufus Buck yeah. gang kills them all, they get pardoned. So that's handy. So they rescue them. Yeah. Again. <laughs> so the, the soldiers are slaughtered, and and the Rufus Buck gang returns to is it Redwood Town or them? Red, yeah, um, Redbush is it? No, it's not. Redwood. That's a T. That's a T. Redwood. Redwood. Yeah, <laughs> they go to Redwood. Yeah, Redwood is is essentially the town that um, Rufus Buck is essentially found. Redwood City, that's kind of um, yeah. Rufus Buck is either founded or taken over. Um, except this is this is where the the thrust of the plot comes in is that they're currently in I guess the territory, but it's becoming statehood. So property yes, rights. Right. Will be a, a, a lost, a, they? Well, there'll be a lot allotted to people who can have a good claim, and obviously yeah. the best way to get a good claim is to pay off the people making the claims. Yeah. So to save the town and make sure they all keep the claim. Again, Redwood is a is predominantly black town. That's the thing. It's it, they're yeah. they're saying they 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 will, they will not be respected with their property rights if they don't do something yeah. about it. So they need fifty thousand dollars to pay off to save Redwood. And, um, yeah. and so that's what that's what Buck says. We need yeah. we need that. That's your tax. And, yeah, and they don't have it because because they've had no. the Crimson Hood gang have had their money stolen. Yeah, um, and there's this interesting point which I'll come back to later as the motivation of it. But again, one of the ta- they basically say the townsfolk cough up, we need all your yeah. money, and yeah. one of them just says, you know, 
I, yeah, no. you, you're, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a famed criminal. You'll be back in Yuma the prison um, before we know it. Why should I pay you? Um, and, bad choice. Bad choice. You know. Bad choice. This yeah. person's name is James, um, by the way, and, uh, and he gets killed. So entertaining as it is seeing that. Um, <laughs> uh, you, don't get says, many, you don't get many characters in films called James. You don't. And this one didn't last long either. No, he didn't. It's uh, fair enough. <laughs> Buck basically says, you know, why did I form this town? I didn't do it as for hiding place because I don't hide. I didn't do it for my dreams because I don't dream. Um, and so then he just yeah, says, we're doing a, what, what does he say? Just we, says this is a miserable bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. We'll come back to his motivations. But he basically says, yeah. you know, I will kill anyone who doesn't pay up and no one yeah. leaves town either. Yeah. So that's yeah. it. The whole town is essentially a hostage to, to Rufus Buck and his, his avarice. Um, and before that, and he goes settles a score with the local um, sheriff, uh, Wiley Esco. Who's yeah. a fantastic <laughs> he's got another character. great great he's almost like a cameo in this film right but he's, is, got, yeah. he's, he's a really he's such a character brilliant brilliant oh, he's, um, he starts, scenes yeah. he's got yeah he starts off by doing this monologue about how he's not scared of rufus back and yeah. you know, if you don't get out of here i'll kill you and then they cut yeah. they cut to a wider shot and they realize he's been rehearsing this to himself yeah and as soon as, soon as someone says rufus back here he goes oh, well, oh. Do, I, do i have to see him <laughs> so, yes, yes, yes it's yes. clever scene yeah yeah Esco is not actually a wimp in any sense because he actually no, he isn't. He starts a fist fight with Buck, who then gets yeah. a pistol and smacks him back to his gold teeth. Yeah, it's quite bad. He gets oh. quite a beating. Yeah, um, so he's he's not he's not a he's not a coward or or, um, or a whip, but he is a bit of a weasel, I guess is the way of saying yeah. it. Like he, the reason why Buck is is after him is because they were partners or they were associates. But basically, uh, Esco sold him out because he could see which way the wind was blowing and thought, yeah. well, if I can sell out Buck, get a bit of money for myself, and secure my own property, I'll be all right, Jack, and I'll get yeah. to be a marshal. So you know, I'll do that. Um, so obviously, he he doesn't take this betrayal well, so he smacks out his teeth. But he does actually, for the sake of friendship, just send him on his way rather than kill him. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, the, the back to the Nat Love Gang, they uh, they ride into a town, which um, a local saloon, which is uh, what's it called? What's the name? Stagecoach Mary's Saloon. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And the uh, the bouncer, for want of a better word, is a very diminutive woman called Cuffy, uh, who is who's very polite. You know, please leave your guns at the door and have a good yeah. evening. But if anyone says no, she immediately whips out a knuckle duster and yeah. pounds them mercilessly. Yeah. Uh, so Cuffy is very much the case of you know, um, don't don't tip your hands until you have to because she she looks she makes a great show of appearing to be nothing until she has to. Until she has to be something. Yeah. yeah. And then she very much is something. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah. But stagecoach Mary is. Yeah. Um... It's performing, isn't she? Yeah, it's another really great introductory Zazie scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Zazzy beats, yeah. Zazzy beats. Well, Which is this, this, this film is in excess of two hours, so everyone gets good introductions. It does not stint. It wastes no time. It does not stint in giving everyone their screen time. So Zazzy yeah. beats is, is uh, the singer and, and the proprietor of Stage Goose Mary Saloon. Uh, she and uh, Love have a history. She, you know, both kisses him and then punches him. Um, yeah. But they, uh, again, actually, throughout this, uh, Nat Love is kind of fingering a wedding ring that he wants to propose to her with, but she's not really having any of this. Uh, they kind of go up to her back room and she basically says, you know, you'll, you'll, never, you'll never settle with me while the, you know, the, um, mm. the Rufus Buck gang is out there. And he goes, no, I've, I've killed the scorpion. I've killed the last of them. Yeah. It doesn't take him long just to get going again, though, does he? You he's know, he's like, <laughs> he, is a, he is a handsome man. Yeah, he's a handsome man. She's a handsome lady. So why not? Indeed. Um, because, yeah, they... Uh, even though he then learns that uh, that Buck has escaped Yuma, he's been yeah. released from Yuma. Yeah. Um, he learns this from again well, the last um, important character, who's uh, played by um, Delroy Lindo, um, yeah. who's the Marshal Bass <laughs> yeah. Reeves. Who I've I not think seen he's... Delroy for yonks. I in know, a film. Oh, it's brilliant. And Bass yeah. Reeves is a, I mean, 
even I'd heard of Bass Reeves. Yeah, it's got, there's a TV show about him as well. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. So Bass, you know, he's he's playing um, an absolute, you know, stone cold lawman. He is, you know, he's quite clearly incredibly proficient and and straight down the line. Um, because at one point yeah. he has the, the entire bar has guns on him and he just says, if you miss, I'll kill you all, yeah. uh, which is enough to intimidate saying, oh, I better not in case I miss because he will kill us all. Uh, so after a bit of to and froing and a bit of pantomime where they pretend to be enemies, Bass Reeves essentially teams up with Nat Lev and his gang, because even though Nat Lev is technically an outlaw, they've all got an interest in bringing down um, the Rufus Buckner. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So that's that's exactly what they do. They ride to Redwood to do this. Um, uh, again, Stagecoach Mary makes the rather unwise decision to scout out, saying, "Oh, they'll never, they'll never suspect me." She goes in, they immediately. <laughs> that, is, that is like the worst decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was so obvious. Yeah, they immediately suspect her. Take They're her all prisoner. laughing at her as well, thinking, "What have you done this for?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's taken prisoner, um, and uh, and kind of yes, yeah, she's a. Uh, uh, Trudy gives us some kind of interrogation uh, in, involving the age-old trope of peeling an apple. You know when someone's yeah, in trouble, yeah. when someone is peeling an apple whilst giving their their backstory, you think, oh dear, it's not going down well. So again, after- though, that scene, Regina King. Oh yeah, it's just a brilliant scene where she tells a story of her sister, yeah. um, so while she's polio. peeling. Yeah, died of polio while she's peeling the apple. It's absolutely yeah. terrifying. Yeah, I think that's, that's a very Meryl Streep thing to do, isn't it? Have something in your hands while yeah, you're acting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she, um, but she, so she, she delivers a speech. Um, there's some light torture of stage, stagecoach Mary uh, <laughs> before the the Nat Love gang uh, rides back in. Um, things yeah. are things are standing off. We should mention that yes, at some point that uh, was it. Um, oh, who's the, who's the the quick shooter? Uh, Jim Beckworth. Uh, yeah, uh, who's, Jim Beckworth. Who's a very cocky yeah. quick shooter. Reckons he's yeah. the fastest gun. Again, he is lightning with the blam blams, as we've established. Indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whereas, um, again, his kind of partner, Bill Pickett, is a much more, again, he's a sharpshooter, so obviously he needs to be cool-headed and is much more, again, cool-headed. Yeah, he's he's the yeah. voice of wisdom, whereas yeah. Jim is the, hot, is the young hothead. Jim is constantly trying to challenge Cherokee Bill to a gunfight because he he, um, he wants to be the fastest draw in the West. That's how it goes. Um, but anyway, so there's, there's a bit of posturing, um, but essentially uh, Nat uh, surrenders to the custody to kind of get Stagecoach Mary out of there. Uh, he's beaten up a little bit too, but uh, only basically so they can get his shirt off. I think it's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's no lasting consequence to him being beaten on the fact that he's, to be he's honest, got though, yeah. If you've if you've got it, you might as well flaunt it. I did think though, like you can have a lot of abdominal muscles, but if someone's working away at your kidneys like that, you don't yeah, have any kidneys good. left. No, yeah. No, you've, yeah, you've only got a finite amount of kidneys. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Either way, he's been beaten up quite heroically, uh, yeah. but then he's given his ultimatum. He says, you know, you're gonna, you've got to get me, was it, um, 35,000. Um, so that basically, the 25,000 you stood on, plus a bit of interest. 10,000 interest, if my maths are right. Yeah. Where am I going to get this interest? You're going to rob a yeah. bank for me. So he has now, after leaving uh, Stagecoach Mary in custody, he has to go out and rob a bank with his gang. Um, and the, the bank they choose is in what's it called, Mayville. Um, yeah, uh, it's a white town. <laughs> so yes. just, it's not just what all the buildings are white. It's just is, it's this, it's sun sun seared white, isn't it? This is this is the gag. It's like Mayville because when they arrive at the, the the credits read Mayville and then brackets. It's a white town. Yeah. Um, so not <laughs> yeah. not only a, a town full of white people, but yeah, it is absolutely bleached white. Um, in con- in contrast to 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 Redwood, um, which yeah. is red, beautiful colours. Uh, everything is yeah. dyed cloth yeah. or painted walls, and it's vibrant. Whiteville is just so sterile. Yeah. Um, and like I say, it's it's full of people who are basically you know looking down, if not outright spitting at um at the gang, and they come in. Uh, they rob the bank with uh, with fair, fair impunity, and then ride off again. Um, it was almost a bit too easy. I do you know what I think almost that entire fifteen minute scene exists to get the gag in of it's a white town. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why it's there. <laughs> 
um, and so with, with everything in play again um, Wiley Esco then teams up with the gang because he's managed to recover a, big, a cache of dynamite and Found guns a load of dynamite hasn't he yeah, yeah that's it yeah so as they, they ride into town um, they essentially you know they, everyone takes their positions they square off and then they blow up the uh, the, the money the, the money they, they wheel in the money saying here's your money and they blow it up so as the the thousands and thousands of dollars flitter burning in the air you know rufus sees that the, the death of all his dreams all hell breaks loose um 45 minutes of hell oof, it's a it's, it's a it's, lot it's a lot it's a long denouement isn't it yeah high 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 points include again a standoff um between jim beckworth when he's he's carefully loading his gun with a bullet he's got marked with cherokee bill's name he's doing his countdown he's, he's giving him the side eye and he gets to three and Cherokee Bill just shoots him in the head. He goes, why yeah. do you count so slowly? <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy ah, Cherokee Bill in this. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, and then again, after after much shooting of many hundreds of nameless extras, I mean, it's literally like a video game at this point. They are yeah, just, is, uh, the, the gang are just running through the town, shooting people as they each individually take time to run out of buildings. It's yeah. it's it's incredibly um, just violent. Well, the choreography uh, is quite, quite good, isn't it? But it's one of those things again where all of the baddies miss and all of the goodies hit first yeah. time. You know, it's that kind of approach, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, again, Bill Pickett, after having you know his life saved by his lucky coin, didn't the thing he gets shot in the back by Cherokee Bill, but um, but then again, Cuffy outdraws him because he, again, she uh, she's even she's said the that, fastest, isn't she? She is the fastest. She even made comment of it, um, just saying, you know, I've I've seen faster way in the mirror, and he goes, well, how come I've never yeah. seen you draw? And she's like, um, the shiniest shit gets shot at. I prefer a dark horse to a shining a golden yeah. horse. Uh, so she managed to outdraw Bills. Bills dead too. Um, it's almost again they they really are kind of pairing off here because yeah. Trudy then well, has a fist fight with stagecoach Mary. They yeah, beat each other true. up. That goes on. Yeah, that's pretty hefty as well, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, again, Wiley Esco sneaks in his kill by Rufus Buck. We're running out of people to kill here, but it comes down to essentially uh, Nat Love squares off with Rufus Buck, um, yeah. and it's there, there is a twist, isn't it? Really, this is the twist. Here. Rufus yeah. Buck reveals, you know. Um, because, of course, Rufus Buck is responsible for the killing mm. of his parents. It says, well, my upbringing was horrible. My dad was, he beat and killed my mother. He beat and killed, he beat me. Um, mm. And then he, then he left us. He ran off and it took me 10 years to track him down. But when I finally did, he turned a corner. He'd become a man of God and he'd raised a family, at which point yeah. Natalie realizes that they it's share him. the same father. Yes, his, yeah. his church-fearing father who raised him so well was the hideous, you know, brutal um, abuser that, Rufus, that raised Rufus Buck. Uh, and Buck basically yeah. says that, yeah, letting you live was my best revenge because you've become everything that um, my father tried to turn his back on. Yeah, it's a good um, line at the end as well where he says, um, uh, you know, I, I, you're worse than me. I couldn't kill my brother. Yeah. But you're going to kill yours. Yeah, and so enough, sure he does. Yep, he um, does indeed. He does indeed. So he, he then gets stagecoach Mary, who's a bit beaten up still, but um, on her feet. Uh, Cuffy becomes a deputy, so she's now going to work with uh, with Bass Reeves. I think that's everyone who's left alive. Um, most of well, them, most of them, except at the very end. Oh, at the very end, you see Trudy Smith's hat being picked up off the floor. Oh, I thought she was dead anyway. I thought, yeah, I think Stagecoach Mary uh, went light on her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no. So it kind of opens it up perhaps to a sequel. Oh, very good. But there we are. So that that's the is, film. That's the harder they fall. That is the harder they fall. And uh, we well, shall we'll then get, pick ourselves yeah. up, uh, <laughs> collect what teeth we've lost, <laughs> and uh, and join us uh, afterwards where we will give some analysis of it. Very good. Welcome back, dear listener. Um, yes, I trust you've um, you've. You've you've got one of your I don't know stogies that'll do, won't it? Put a stogie, light a stogie. Um, I don't know. Oh, I know. Paint yourself blue. Oh my goodness, the blue and, lady. Um, yeah, get 
I felt like I'd walked into a James Bond intro then. It was a bit weird, wasn't it? <laughs> we didn't mention that, but yeah, in the um, in the saloon, um, there's a blue lady that dances around people, and I'd find we that really irritating. She's, she's literally blue. It's not like it's not like saucy. Oh, no. It's a lady in blue body. Oh yes, no, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a blue lady. It's a bit, it's a bit saucy. It she's naked, sticky. apart from just you know, strategically placed gold leaf and yes. blo- and body paint, and she's just this sort of dancing everywhere. It's kind of like she do the sinuous kind of like acro- gymnastic flick flacks everywhere. And it's like, that's a bit strange, isn't it? But it's... Well, I mean, also, what's her life like? Where does, I mean, she's obviously an artiste, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but in blue, that what's time blue, in What's blue paint in 1880? It's like just... <laughs> yeah, well, it was bound to be Lined some kind legs, of metal. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it will be some me- metal. She'd have died of cancer weeks later, probably. <laughs> well, she outlived everyone else in the film, then. <laughs> yes, I suppose that's true, isn't it? You know, you don't see her die at the end, do you? Because she's, go. you know, she's pretty... She's she's out there. You can't miss her. You can't miss her. Body armor, she? No, and she's blue. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, this isn't about her. Although I suppose she does have some protection in the gold leaf. I don't know how how I don't know how much that protects bullets, but um, I suppose it might. Speaking of color, I did I did uh, I was surprised again when Trudy and Stagecoach Mary have their big duke out in the dying. Yeah, they didn't fall. No, no one got got their face plunged in the dying. I thought exactly the same thing. So I was looking at that big tub of dying, going check off big tub of dying. Yeah, I thought someone's got to go in that big tub of dying. I think it was for I think it was for continuity. Thought it's too much continuity to have one of the actresses coated in dye. Yeah, for the rest of the film. Because there was a moment when when Mary throws um, yeah a purple powder in yeah. his face, and the next scene she hasn't got anything on her face. It's kind of, it's uh, kind know, of CGI. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Also, probably, they didn't they didn't want to blind Regina King. I imagine. <laughs> like, no, that's two right. reasons. They don't, they don't care about Zazzy Beats, but Regina King. <laughs> no, we're not blinding her. I mean, yeah, uh, yes, that's true. I, I mean, I presume it's not die from the. 19th century in the sense it would be safe for an actor to fall in but you never know i suppose anyway these are the minutiae of the film yeah let, the, so, the, I mean, let, let's 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 look at this this is the the 2020s western yeah. we've looked at and yeah it, so this is 2021 it, isn't it this was released yeah. so yeah. it's possible that other westerns may follow um in the next <laughs> seven well, years yes i'm sure but we, we, we we could not we could not <laughs> wait seven years to complete the, the series here so we we go with what we've got because interestingly after we did uh episode 11 the ballad of vesta scruggs we said that did feel like a a close on it did, yeah. all the westerns yeah. up to a that reset point. almost didn't yeah it? So we're saying, what will come next? Will it be different? I mean, this, I suppose, by its very nature of its cast, is very different. Um, well, yes, I suppose it is very different. Um, in in that it 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 it, and it's it's probably taken too long for us to see a western that is from the African American or the people of color's perspective, or or not even the perspective really, but just the the their experiences and, and the fact this, that the, you know it, they yeah. are black cowboys they were black cowboys yeah. and they were absent and like, yeah and it's not as those they've this is they've never featured black cowboys again you've got morgan freeman in um in yeah uh, Given, you've, you've got, got posse um, as well the Malin, um, marlon wayne's film yeah you've got danny glover in uh, silverado so they've always appeared but that's the point is yeah, they've always appeared as much, though, are we? that's what I mean. they've always appeared as the best friend to the actual hero <laughs> yeah. who's universally white <laughs> yeah. yeah this this was interesting because august the the white actors what they were of them almost played that had the same representation as black actors the black, yeah you're right in, yeah in, a, in other yeah. In other westerns yeah they're, so, they're the um, other they're the other aren't they in very this? much they're, so yeah the, the fact there is an, yeah. Yeah, an entire town or several towns that are not just you know there is a black owner of a state saloon there are black customers and there are black um, yeah. farmsteaders and there are black um, bank people so the whole thing is like this is this is the reality we're presenting it in here so that, that that's that's quite interesting actually i hadn't really thought of that because the the closest um 
comparison film I could think to The Harder They Fall was Posse um, from the mid, I think early or mid nineties. Um, and but and that, that was a you know obviously about a, a posse of black cowboys effectively. But that that wasn't. There were still white characters in that film that were part of that film, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas almost th- this hermetically seals the white character out of it. Mm. It is an entirely black um, cowboy film w- without, I mean, I can think of the, the only white, act, the only white characters in it are the bank officials and the train driver, really. That's and and, the, and the, the soldiers. All oh, the soldiers, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but they 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 are they, they have they have they, no agent. They, they've got no agency in the film whatsoever. Yeah, the the the, the soldiers are there to to be killed to get to Rufus back. The bank officials are there yeah. to be robbed. Yeah. Um, so that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it, it's I you know I can't think of a film that that, that does that. Now, d- does that? So I suppose the the question is, uh, we we can go on to what we think of the film and the the yeah. kind of the, yeah. some of the analysis of the film itself. Does what does that make this film? So, is it? You know, the, the revisionist Western started in the 1950s, really, didn't it? Right. So, you know, <laughs> yes. it's, it's been around as long as the Western has been around to a large extent. So that's so there, there is that. It's not really a revisionist Western because it, it, it doesn't it takes a slightly different kind of view, although it, it, it is a homage to spaghetti Westerns, I think, in that context. It takes a lot of the tropes of the spaghetti Western. So so there is that. But then a lot of a lot of films do. So um, a lot of Tarantino Westerns do, you know, Django Unchained and The Hateful yeah. Eight are spaghetti yeah. Western homages a bit like this, but just from a different perspective. Is it is it um, is the use of the music in this different and innovative and whilst the music in this is is not what we might consider to be traditional western music there's a lot of dance hall reggae a little bit of hip-hop it's mainly reggae actually which is quite mm. interesting but the, the way i see that is you know when has there ever been a western that has been authentic to the music of the time i can't think there wouldn't have been any no, right. no, it, no yeah. Western is authentic. <laughs> Even again, Malena Dietrich singing "Little Joe" is it's not is a nineteen thirties song of, what I mean. of Malena Dietrich. Yeah, so you never, yeah. yeah. And so there's, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's diegetic music, there's soundtrack music in this. It, it feels very appropriate to the, the again, the, 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 mo- the moments that are happening there. Again, as in terms of it's either matching the soundtrack mm. or it's setting the scene. So I wasn't kind of thrown by, oh, this is very unusual music. In fact, this, yeah, this is, this is music that would fit the film. It, yeah, it's, it's music that would fit the film. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose interestingly is if you were to just, I guess, oh, I know, almost read the script, it's quite a standard Western. And compared yes, to some is. of the things we've seen before, because of, I guess we've been picking and choosing, we're picking the ones that break the mold. Mm. Um, it's it doesn't kind of it's it's a revenge film. You yeah. know, young young person's family are killed. He goes after the person who revenges yeah. him. There is much killing of gangs. There's standoffs. There's a bit of bank heisting. Um, it ends with a massive shootout. Yeah. Uh, and and there's a reveal at the end. I mean, the reveal doesn't almost push the limit there. It's it's not a reveal that actually changes the outcome of the film. No, it it doesn't. It, it, it felt like it, it gave us that so that um, Jonathan Majors had had could, could do more emoting. It's like it's, yeah. let's get I, one I, more scene out. Like that. I, I agree. I would have actually. I think I would have preferred it if the reveal had come a little bit earlier in the film, um, because because at the point at which the reveal happens. There isn't really a choice, is there? You it's know, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's 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 too it's too late. And I, I also have to I didn't quite believe um, Rufus Buck's motive for revealing the the the, the twist, as it were, because yeah. he, he didn't seem like the kind of character that would do that. 
to risk what might happen to him. But anyway, you know, that, that, we'll get on to that, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. but you're right. There, it is a, and I think this is where I was getting to to a certain extent um but you've kind of you've you've cut through you've cut through the bs (laughs) that i was going through which is when you break all of this down i think this is a pretty standard western oh a standard is the wrong i don't mean that negatively but it is a it's quite a traditional by the numbers maybe yeah by the numbers or it's yes it's a very straightforward western story that you've seen a lot of times what makes this I wouldn't even call it innovative necessarily, but what makes this interesting, I guess, is that the cast are black and there is a distinctive visual flair to the film, which has its hallmarks in the spaghetti Western and its hallmarks, I think, in some of the kind of um, kinetic camera work of, say, Sam Raimi as well in um, yeah. things like yes. the, the Dead and the Evil Dead and stuff like that, you know, zoom cuts and, you know, um, interesting um, use of kind of, textures and 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 the, and the scripting as well so all of that kind of stuff as well yeah there's some nice there's some nice moments spread throughout for example, yeah, there are. example when um i don't know you have uh Kaffee is sort of firing her six shooters together she fires once and the bang and the camera jumps in and she bangs again the camera jumps yeah, in, yeah, bang. jumps in so yeah. you get that moment yeah. again when bill pickett is, is shooting at the sharpshooter because there's a to and fro and he finally gets his man and it kind of almost it goes through his his um his eyesight the the, the, yes, the, the lens he's yeah. using and the takes lens, his guy yeah. out it's, so it's really there is some really clever yeah. um stylistic flourishes in the film which which give it its identity i think yeah. i enjoyed the world they were creating a lot more almost than the story it was following and yes, I, I, I was I almost agree. sad at the end when all these characters were killing each other off because i, I yeah. wanted more of them um which you yeah. can't really help it because the film was two hours already so it has to end somehow but it, it did feel like oh yeah there, there was more in this um you could have basically cut the characters in half and still had you know they, all this there yeah. were so many again because it was so star-studded you you know Bill Pickett and Jim Beckworth and Nat Love the Nat Love gang is enough the Rufus Buck gang is enough having them all together yeah. means like you're not getting enough of everybody. I know. Uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good point. Um, well, I wonder whether I wonder whether it's worth kind of going on to to the the themes of the film and and, and yeah. what we liked about it. So, I, I, if I may, the, I'll I'll list a, a list. I'll describe some of the things of the, about the film that I I I liked. Okay, yeah. I liked a lot. Um. I love I loved Regina King in this film, and I I I really liked Lucky Stanfield as well. I think I I actually think although Jonathan Majors does he puts in a good shift here, yeah. they are the the they're the most valuable players in this in my mind. Regina King particularly every time she was on screen for me, she was so charismatic, so powerful, so interesting a character i wish the film actually was about her because mm. she she just owns she eats the screen and she totally overpowers anyone else i think on the screen even in some of the more subtle um scenes where she is in deference to um uh, uh idris elba i suppose she still carries that presence in the film and that i i think that when this is good it's very good and it's usually very good when she's on screen. Um, I particularly enjoyed the uh, the train um, uh, kind of breakout, mm. um, not because necessarily it was overly exciting, but mainly because just the the I, I, get, I can't really think of what the the staging of it, the way that the the way that the characters were positioned on screen, the way that they communicated with each other with each other, it was very pointed, very stylish, um, very 
very interesting way of filming that, that the, the staging of that whole sequence was mm. really clever. It was almost claustrophobic because they were going down the narrow train train carriage. Yeah. And then when there was a standoff between the gang is on one side of a locked door and the, the army on the other side. And you just yeah. have Cherokee Bill kind of gently leaning against the door and very calmly explaining to the army guy yeah. what he's going to have to open yeah, up it's eventually. Really, it's a really good he scene. Was, he was very, because he introduced himself to the pastor saying, I don't really believe in violence, but I will do it. Um, yeah. And he's very calm in everything. He, I think he ever gets raises he doesn't lose shout, it, does he? Ever? And he no. just strolls through every scene and it's very, very different to, again, the, the kind of the flash cowboy you'd see. Yeah, that, that, that you see. Yeah, and in, in that, the I think I think the my favourite scene in the film, and it's, I don't really know why, but it really, it really, um, I don't know, it really kind of got me. It was really good. It was when um, Regina King is on the horse and she's on the train track mm, yeah. and the train is going towards it and it doesn't look like it's stopping and she is just, keeping completely still and yeah. um i don't know i just oh god it was i thought it was just great um so that that's really good so th- those yeah, yeah. all of the all of the actors in this put in a good shift don't get me wrong but i think i think those two particularly i'd love yeah. to have just watched a film about them to yeah. be honest yeah let me talk about those two characters actually because this is something interesting um that, that comes off that is that um when we're at redwood and they're basically they find out they're bankrupt and they're, they've mm. got the plan going mm. is that um both Cherokee Bill and Trudy Smith individually are believers in the dream. It's their, their, um, Cherokee are. Bill makes the comment yeah. saying, you can't build Mecca without any bricks. And Trudy yes. says, We're, I'm, I'm, I'm believing in your dream with respect. I'll do it. And yeah. Buck doesn't have this dream. He again, I mentioned the fact when he kills James is he goes, um, I didn't build this for a dream because I don't dream. Yeah. And I thought, if, if he didn't do this for a dream, because you can't, you'd, you'd get behind a villain who is stealing and murdering if his dream was, I'm creating yeah, this absolutely community. Absolutely, you do, yeah. But some, but if he's doing it because he's just a psychopath, it's yeah. like, well, why there's do no, I care about Rufus Buckley? There's no because, hook, is yeah, there? Whereas Trudy Smith and Chucky Bill are the hook. They, they believe in it. So you think, well, I believe in yeah. them. But yeah, if the, the boss man is there just to scowl and kill people, yeah. it's like, it's well, not that there's something missing the end, at the top here. And it's not well, Idris Elba's performance, but it's like, Where's the character then? If he's yeah. just a guy who's meant to be sinister and yeah. fearsome, I, then yeah, why, why am I why am I into this? Hold that thought. Here. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hold thought, that thought, thought. is held. So tell uh, me something uh, else you uh, liked about it. Um, I like so. Uh, this is a bit of a double-edged sword, I suppose, really. But I, I liked the um, I liked the visual style of the film. Um, I did think on occasion it it took over the it took over the story a little bit, and it became a little bit look at look at how visually stylish this is but when it when it was done well when it worked it was really good um and it it, it did i know there was there were certain parts of the film just the way that just the way that um the the director or the cinematography the cinematographer would focus on a particular character or from a distance and you would get a kind of fuzzy in focus view and then i don't know a lot of it is gimmicky don't get me wrong the jump cuts the interspersed with the music that comes in the um you know the title sequences and the big words on the screen a lot of that is gimmicky i guess really but to be honest if it's done well it can really draw you into a film right it can really get you interested in it so that that i really liked i like um, gimmicky well. but here's yeah but i like i like gimmicky i love, I love watching it I mean, yeah. there's something to be said for entertainment but i thought the other thing was again the the, sco- the death of the scorpion man was kind of where it sets its stall at because it begins yeah, it otherwise with a very calm followed by a very violent scene yeah, but then you have yeah. death of scorpion man so that was quite cool um but it was almost as that moment you know gets the, the man is thrown in the air blood is spat yeah, from the screen yeah. letters come up that's also nat love's idea of himself too because Absolutely. you know that he, he is he's he thinking of that <laughs> his cowboy. image isn't it yes. it's how he thinks yes. yeah if you if you portrayed the real man getting shot four times yeah. it would be far more gruesome and far more mundane but yeah. he sees it happening because that's his self-image and i thought that's yeah. that's a clever way of using that gimmick 
it is is which which is why in the end i don't think you can take this film too seriously right mm. it is it is it's kind of pulpy and it's a bit of it's a bit it's, it's entertainment and it, it's, it's entertaining yeah. in that context but yeah it's, it's there's nothing there's nothing too serious about it i guess um i, I do think though that the the visual style just it does tip over um somewhat um and i, I did find it in in two hours and 18 minutes there were points where i just I wanted it to kind of soften up a little bit and just be a bit more of a natural narrative. But nevertheless, you know, that was good. Um, you mentioned, which I, and this is what I think is the biggest problem with the film, right? Is for me, the main antagonist in the film, Buck, yeah. isn't very interesting yeah. and doesn't seem to do a lot to be honest, other than the opening sequence where it's, it's really horrible. Um, he sits around brooding, looking sinister and a bit moody. And in effect, we are supposed to believe that he is this, he's a legendary, he's a legendary villain, isn't he? He's a legendary outlaw. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in effect, all he seems to do is walk slowly, looking mean at people. Okay, you know, he shoots James, I guess, really. And he, you know, all of this kind of stuff. There's all of this stuff. But to, to be honest, the proper... The, the properly scary characters in this film are um, Tr Trudy Smith. She's the properly scary character in the film, I think. I, I don't know. It's nothing to do with Idris Elba's performance. I think he's really good in it. I just, he doesn't do anything. The, the character doesn't do a lot. No, he, he settles a score. He terrorizes the villagers. And then once, and again, he, he demands money. And once that, again, I think the idea is, you know, once his dream is up in, in ashes, he then, you know, challenges that left to kill him and, yeah. and, and the first but he's already said he doesn't care about the dream unless he was lying to the um the villagers but there was never a sense of he's he's doing all this to, you know, to get a piece of the action because he's, you know, he's there's he's no other drive is there he just no, seems, he's been pardoned yeah. as it says there um yeah. and, and all he has to do is you know scrape together this money to kind of um get get property of the and red red would become a town then yeah he can he can build but there's no sense of actually what he wants and no there isn't i, I and, agree and his crew thinks that his crew are following his dream, but they think they know what he wants, but they don't. Yeah, it's, he, he's not articulating it or projecting it to us. That is an issue. And I, I think it's a I think it's a really, really, really big issue. So I. I, I so the, the, the opening sequence and then the sequence where he's broken out of his um, prison, right, or his cage, effectively. And then he first comes out and you see him kind of stand up and he's a big man. Right. And then he's yeah. like flexing his back muscles and he. He, he puts his head to Trudy's head as well and all this kind of stuff. And you're thinking, God, this guy means business, right? Here we go. And I kind of half expected him to be like a Bane character from Batman, right? Yeah. Um, big, brooding, and absolutely lethal. Um, but in the end, he was a bit of a damp squid and it became a bit, the film became un imbalanced because of it, mm, I yeah. think. And for me personally, I then stopped really understanding what all the fuss was about <laughs> and you know so i stepped away from it a little bit now i was still enjoying the film i was still enjoying the the characters the interplay the script the humor the um the way it looked and felt uh, looked and felt but up up until up until i realized that actually but wasn't going to be anything interesting this was heading toward being a really good film yeah right yeah. and and then when when he when i realized all he's really going to do is sit in his saloon you know watching this blue lady dance around him or you know have an <laughs> argument with someone i thought well that's not that interesting 
Yeah. I wonder if, again, I no idea, but I know this production had COVID-19 problems. And, it did, and that did, yeah. I don't know whether that might have disjointed, again, Idris Elba's availability to do more scenes. Maybe. Whether that would have made a difference. Have, it, yeah. um, that's that's my best guess. But because you're right, it is, it is hard to imagine why they did do so much setting up of what the, the Rufus Buck gang is all about, but then have Rufus Buck as such a, yeah, a non- Very inert, very yeah. inert and a, a lack of agency, really. Yeah, they, they've set his legend up and in the setting up of his legend, I am fully, fully engrossed yeah. and in it. I'm like, yes, he, yeah, he's, a, this is a bad man. Yeah. And um, the reality was uh, just, uh, uh, you know, a bit Dullsville, really. Well, again, you, if you do that, you probably want the cowboy thing of having him not appear until the third act. If like everyone is, everyone is just talking yeah. about Rufus Buck and terrified yeah. of appearing and then he appears. Uh, yeah, because you, you've got enough, you know, heft in the enemy gang with um, Trudy Smith and Cherokee. You Bear. do. Yeah, absolutely. You do. Yeah. Be yeah. Be the nameless leader who's yeah. almost what's the, um you know, the um is it stagecoach where the uh, oh, what's the, oh, the oh, Geronimo? Yeah. Well, you then, never then see Comanche. him. Yeah. You yeah. never or you, you, I think you just glimpse him toward the end. But, yeah. you know, he he's out there. He's coming yeah. for you. Yeah. But you never. Yeah, that, that would have been I think I think that would have been better. But, you know, I mean, this is what can I say? Um, Nothing, you know. Idris, yeah. nothing, nothing to do with your performance. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that I struggle with, um, we've mentioned that it's two hours and eighteen minutes long. Yeah, it's too long, um, yeah. and I had trouble with some of the pacing of the film as well. So it 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 flits from high octane, um, kind of uh, really good um, action and set pieces. And so when the set pieces are good, they're really good to really long meandering scenes where nothing really much is happening and i i kind of thought that um the cherokee um built um uh quote where he says you know why do you count so slowly yes. it's it almost a little bit of a point for me it was a pointed yes get on with it because i yeah. genuinely thought he was just going to count really slowly and it was supposed to build tension up because yeah. Uh, but actually, I was quite glad that he shot him because I was, I thinking, was, oh, I was how glad long that is this going Bill, on. Yeah, I was glad Cherokee Bill when he was more entertaining than Jim Beckwith. No, no offense, I Tyler, <laughs> but he was. He's like you know because Jim Beckwith was meant to be like kind of the annoying, you know, Billy the Kid type character. Like I can actually, I can draw anyone, Mister. I'm the fastest guns ever, and he's constantly <laughs> drawing his guns and practicing and drawing and playing. Yeah. Even yeah. Bass Reeve goes, those, they'll get you killed, you know, those tricks. And he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, he's not wrong, is he? Let's say it is. Yeah, it's which it's interesting on a film so you know so stylistically um indebted to the style of the of the western um also then tries to undercut it by saying it's not about pulling those flashy quick draws it's about <laughs> actually just getting on with it and killing someone yeah yeah well look at yourself look at yourself in the mirror the harder <laughs> yeah. they fall yeah um yeah i would okay. have liked to see the whole cast of characters team up against a great enemy whether it's like the u.s cavalry riding or the, uh, the it's like it'd been great if they'd all had to <laughs> yeah, operate been, yeah. together because they were they were such good characters with good actors behind it and then they yeah they end up just yeah killing legions of non-entities so that was yeah. kind of like just I, mean, it, I suppose it, it, much like all of these films they're all essentially on the same side really aren't they yeah. but, you know or they're, or they're all trying to do the same thing they're all aiming for the same goal really um, yeah they're all robbing banks except for again yeah. bass reeves who i never quite understood why he was teaming up with nat love gang Ember, who are overtly you know outlaws as well yeah yeah um, true. he just seemed to do it because that's kind of what not as bad 
Well, that's what the plot needed them to do. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, so Bass Reeves was the guy who brought in Rufus Buck originally. So I guess he knew how bad he was. But then again, apart from gunning down somebody who talked back to him, I I couldn't see um, again where the where the distinction was either between you know, yeah. why, why why would that make a lawman you know turn from you know bringing in outlaws to, to yeah. joining with them? Yeah, I know. I suppose the thing was yeah when 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 um, Buck kills that that farmer that um, farmer who talks back. I yeah. was expecting a speech that would turn it around. I wasn't expecting just to kill him. <laughs> yes, that's true, and actually. Yeah. It was almost like, you know, the uh, the Indiana Jones, when he's like, he's not going to engage in the sword, but he's just going to shoot it. It's like, yeah. it's like I thought he was going to tell the townsfolk his vision for the town, um, rather yeah. than, my vision is, you give me your money or you'll die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I mean, again, the, the legend of Buck exists off screen, doesn't it? That's the yeah. thing. I mean, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's another film somewhere where he is, you know, you see all of the terrible things that he's done but you're right Bass Reeves character just kind of floats along and um the the sheriff of the town I can't remember what was the character's name Wiley um, Esco yeah that's it he uh, again something else that undercuts a little bit of my enjoyment of it was that he suddenly finds dynamite and a load of guns <laughs> yes. so it, it's kind of like that whole bank scene where they had to steal the money it's pointless because all you had to do was hang around in the woods and wait for him to turn up with a load of dynamite you could just use yeah. that well, I was right. I think the bank scene exists just for the for the one gag about yeah, the white tan, yeah. which is which is a gag, but it's fifteen it minutes a, about it's fifteen minutes of a long film to do. It's that. a good gag, but it doesn't need to be fifteen minutes in a long film, does it? Really, yeah, yeah. I don't think. Um, no, because what you want is just just kind of putting a little little cart full of dynamite, just like, hey gang, want to use this? Yeah, it just turns up like that. And it's like, yeah, couldn't you have turned up about forty five minutes ago? Because yeah. then this film would be one hour forty five minutes long. Because given the given the gang has twenty five thousand already, and now yeah. they have a, a load of dynamite, and they're going to blow the money up, they can. No one's going to count that money in between them blowing <laughs> no, up. They're not, are they? They could just scatter the dollars on top of it and yeah. assume it's thirty five thousand, and then blow it up. It's like, yeah. Once it's blown up, they're not going to care how much money was blown up. <laughs> they could even, I mean, they could even keep the money, go yeah. in with the dynamite and the guns and rescue Stagecoach Mary and then go. Yeah. They don't have to do any blowing up of anything. Speaking of blowing up, I will give props to Delroy Linda when he wheels in this car and he's being he's been faced down by one of the heavies. Um, he was literally the only the only one of the, the goons who gets any speaking lines. It's just like, I bet I've got more bodies than you. And Delroy just goes, I bet your right arm that you're not. And then he gets blown up and this disembodied <laughs> you arm. You see the right arm. That yeah. yeah. Delroy just goes, was that his right arm or his left arm? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good little scene as well. Um, I mean, it, I don't know. I, I know that we've. I know I, this here's a, one more thing. You know, isn't go on. I don't think the um the Nat Love stagecoach Mary romance was really needed. No, you're right as well. It, yeah, it, it felt yeah. quite tacked on. I can I understand it, it, why she might be teamed up with him if they all thought, you know, Rufus Buck must be stopped. But you know, yeah, they had their little moonlit scene. He's constantly trying to propose yeah. to her. She basically throws herself there, into it? the lion's yeah. den for no reason at all, and he has to rescue her. And they even make a comment about oh, you've come for the damsel in distress. Like that wasn't necessary either. No, um, so right. yeah, they they could have they could have introduced Zazie Beats. They could have introduced. Yeah, they could have brought her in there. She could still have been tortured by you know Trudy Smith and all those good scenes, but. It yeah. felt like a bit, uh, you know, um, well, what, excessive. Why can't, Once why again, can't... sorry, go on. Anything in a two-hour ten film, it can be kept. <laughs> you pick my... it, yeah. You, you you be you you end up being a bit picky, don't you? What, yeah. Why can't why can't her character just be just have agency herself? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. as in as in always these things, we 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 are talking about a film which is. Um, an in, in, in almost entirely black cast about a marginalized film 
um, kind of trope, really, which is the black cowboy and the experiences of the African-American in that kind of environment. And even in that context, the the girl has to have a romance. Yeah. They don't have to, you know. It, and has to be put does, in danger. And has to be and rescued. And then has to have a final fight with the other girl. With the other girl, It's almost yeah. like the two gangs have a girl and they've got to fight each other. That's how, that's how we'll yeah. pair off. Why does that have to happen? Like, there's a cowboy who's a sharpshooter, he'll fight the sharpshooter. There's a cowboy who's a quick draw, he'll fight the quick draw. And there's yeah, a cowboy who's a girl, she'll fight the girl. She'll fight the girl. <laughs> Whereas, to be honest, I think Trudy Smith, Trudy Smith could have fought anyone, oh, yeah. really. You know, and it would have been better for her, I think. Seeing her beat up a man yeah, would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yes, um, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, it, was it, did, it did. That's what I mean. It did. It was again an interesting world and great characters, but in the in the the, the nuts and bolts of the plot, mm. it felt like they were being pushed down some very familiar paths. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Um, I mean, you know, we we were going to obviously watch um, the Power of the Dog, and I know that you've not seen the Power of the Dog, so I won't go into any any details about it. But um, I, I think um, it it is a uh, it is a it, it presents a slightly similar view and i wonder whether the um i wonder whether the the western of the 21st century risks maybe trying to think of increasingly um different scenarios for cowboys to be put in that haven't been done before so and when i say it's a similar scenario to this obviously the power of the dog doesn't have lots of black cowboys in it but it's about a cowboy who is perhaps um learning about himself and becomes a less traditional cowboy than you might expect without going into any more details in that and so therefore it's it, it has a similar it doesn't have a similar vibe that's wrong but it has a similar kind of trope to it which is well you know not all cowboys were what you expect them to be kind okay. of thing right yeah and you think well all right um so is the next one, you know, you're going to have, oh, this cowboy's only got one arm. Hey, this, this cowboy's blind. I think blind. that's probably quite common having a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. This, this, this Western, he's got children, cowboy children. You know, and you think, well, okay, but is that really innovative or forward looking? I don't, I don't know, really. I think that some of the best Westerns of the, of recent times, they're not necessarily 21st, uh, they're not necessarily 2020s Westerns, but of recent times, have been Westerns that have been, that have, have kind of um, touched the edges of other genres as well. Um, so films like um, Hell or High Water and Wind River, which, which bring in a little bit more of a kind of thriller, um, myst- murder mystery type, um flavor work really well um or or you've got i think westerns are basically touching other genres they're they've got to be if they're not that they're prestige dramas like the hateful eight or the revenant for example yeah. they, they're big old big old films with you know hefty actors and you know all oscar winning and all that stuff they're um they're they're, they're pastiches or remakes of old films like the magnificent seven um you know, which which was remade recently as well, um, or they are um, they are kind of chamber pieces. They're they're small scale films, and I'm thinking of a film like Slow West or The Three Burials of Melchiades Estrada. So, you know, I I, I tend to think that the western itself uh, and this western with you know, ignoring the fact that it's um, a, a con- contextualized slightly differently, this Western actually is very, very traditional and standard by its by its virtue. And I I I don't know what 
the next Western needs to look like to be innovative and different because it can't it can't just be um let's let's have a western but it's about black cowboys that can't be innovative yeah and it can be representative absolutely and it's important but uh, i mean that was done 30 years ago with posse yeah i see what you mean if you were going to do that you'd have to show a different type of experience and i guess if the fact that you know one in four cowboys were black they were probably doing all the things that cowboys were doing so yeah it's it's not actually whatever whatever film you do about them that's you know is true to it is going to be the same as the other cowboy films you've seen it's just better represented well and and i think that what one of the challenges is is that they're going to be it's going to be a better sorry the film will better represent the experiences of those cowboys but because we've not seen many films about black cowboys the first thing that the film does is make a relatively traditional film about a western right it 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 almost feels like this is innovative and interesting enough for the story to be really quite quite derivative yeah, yeah, yeah. of a hundred other ones we've seen um, you almost need five or ten more films about yes. black cowboys for then something to happen for it to have already been established as a genre that it can do something different yeah no that's what i was thinking and we're not so. at that point yeah and it was a first time director wasn't it yeah he's a he's a he's actually the brother of seal is he indeed wow. james samuel but spelt with a an e and a y there you go like seal <laughs> No, as in like, is, is, did Seal get his name from taking the first two letters and the last letters of his name? Or would his first, no, his first name was Henry. No, no, his last name, Samuel, S-A. Oh, I see what you mean, yes. Yeah, probably, yeah, Seal. There we go. Well, hey, look at that. I mean, maybe. One other thing I wanted to mention about this film, it cost $90 million. That's a lot of money, right? I can I can believe that. Well, I can believe that because... I can and I can't. So the set pieces are, are, are big and bombastic and it must have cost a lot to get this cast. Yeah. But um, I did find that the violence in it, it, the blood in it was very CGI blood, very digital yeah. blood. Yeah, and that please. takes me out of it. You, let's, have some, let's have some blood packs. Well, that's first. the thing is, I mentioned about, again, the purple powder. It's like they didn't want to get the cast dirty because it'd be too much effort to clean up. It's weird, but isn't I, it? I, I mean, I would have loved it. Again, it was, here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, given that, you know, 80% of the cast are dead. I would like to see them some proper, like, you know, kind of, um, uh, was it uh, Wild Bunch deaths? Like, most people die with oh, one gunshot. Yeah. Yeah, you want to see them absolutely riddled with bullets as they're dragging themselves along <laughs> and really going for it, because that's a yeah. great way. Like, given, they, given they're going out, go out with a bit of style. Yeah, it's true. The only one that really has any kind of lengthy death, I yeah. think, is um, Cherokee Bill. He gets yeah. shot in the neck, doesn't he? And he staggers yeah. out. He staggers Jokers out. Spurt, spurt, spurt. Yeah, exactly. He's the only one. Um, but yeah, well, yes, right. well, Yesco has a brief but quite colourful death when the dynamite he's holding gets blown. Oh, out. yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is true. Yeah. But yeah, um, actually, well, again, come back to Cherokee Bill. When he when he kills um, Bill Pickett, yeah, he he shoots him, and he just looking into his eyes, saying, "Don't be scared. You chose this. Yeah, that's being right. scared will only give you bad karma." Yeah. next life it's a, it's a it's, great scene as well isn't it oh yeah he's fantastic this is what and it's what kind of disappointing when these characters are killed it's like oh that's <laughs> it's over now yeah yeah I, I agree i mean again you know you, if you cut half an hour out of this film lose lose some of the kind of the wayward scripting and the plot points around you know the romance some of the weird um you know they you know the bank heist and just really really focus in on the characters and I find it almost don't make it. And this this is a humorous film, but don't make it so serious. 
you yeah. know, properly just go go for an go for it, action and entertainment. And I think you'd have been looking at an absolute classic, to be honest. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just the, the the addition of an extra forty five minutes of it. I mean, if you took the boring bits out of the film, man, they'd be boring. <laughs> you watch, we, 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 this is just the boring bits of um, The Harder They Fall. Oh, God. It's just like <laughs> so nothing happens. Oh. You could say that about everything, but this would be 45 minutes. Whereas, <laughs> whereas um, I don't know, The Evil Dead, which is 83 minutes long, you'd probably look at about three minutes of boring. Now, those three yeah. minutes are still boring, don't get me wrong, but it's only three minutes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know quite how, how intellectual that was, that statement, but there we go. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about the hard other thought? I feel a bit sad, Hugh. Well, we come to the end of our westerns. Yeah, this is oh. it. I, f- I feel like the... I almost feel like the end should have been the ballad of Buster Scruggs. I know. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, you, 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 we can't do that because there is another decade and we, yeah. <laughs> we had... We had 12 months to fill. <laughs> We and we have twelve months to fill, yeah. Oh. But nevertheless, Ballad um, of the Scrooge was so good. It was so good, and what was so perfect about it was you, something you you know you 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 rightly recognise this that it was a closing point. It was the closing of the literal book, I guess, yeah. on the western up until that point. That's how good that film was. It felt like it brought all of those things that we we have experienced and loved about the western throughout this journey, and made a film of love about them that wasn't wasn't um pastiche it wasn't um ill-humored it was it was a a loving homage to the films that we had watched and it really really ended that well and whilst this film the harder they fall is by no means a poor film at all i liked this film it isn't in the same league and I feel like we're going over the same ground again. Absolutely. I've, I've, but I think, yeah, that's just as it is. You know, you've, you've reached the apex, we've completed the journey, and we have to begin again somewhere. So maybe this is just you know, getting our feet wet in more films going forward. Um, but yeah. I will say, I think we've reached the, the point of, uh, of, of How Do I Fall, but we have a little time before we give the scores. What have we learned over the year? What's been, because this, this is the conclusion of season Which three is. of The Legend of Crombie's Gold. We said we would do a Western that start in the 1930s mm. and we'd cover all the decades until this one. I mean... Go on, you go first. You go oh, first. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start uh, timer. I would say that... Uh, and this sounds incredibly stupid. The old films were a lot better than I thought they'd be. And this sounds ridiculous because <laughs> old films were good. It's like you say, oh, nothing was good till I watched them. But yeah, I mean, I'd say it, even better. I had an idea about what the old yeah. cowboy films were, and I was completely taken aback by what yeah. they actually are. And they were in themselves subversive, innovative. Um, there was already an established trope and style that they were pushing against mm. when they were telling their stories and you know even the, what you'd imagine you know the john wayne ones this kind of stuff there was real sh- things that yeah. could shock you and move genuinely you. shock you as Genu- well yeah genuinely yeah shock you throw you off your balance not quite tell you with again the the whole high noon thing when you know when the guy oh. stand in tears yeah. the stagecoach in itself um stuff. yeah yeah when we're, the, we're, the uh, scene the scene where john wayne comes back from um seeing the the body but you don't see yeah. the body yeah, yeah in yeah. in um in the searches. um the searches yeah yeah so all again all the old stuff was far less you know kind of stuffy and starched and by the numbers 
And I'm sure the films were around those times too, but when we, yeah. when we cherry picked the best of them, they really were some of the best. They really I were think, some of the best, you're yeah. right, yeah. And I think, again, we, um, with the probably the exception of Josie Wales, after that, you know, coming into the, the, um, the 80s, the 90s, the cowboy, the era that didn't have many cowboy films, but the ones I grew up in and I really mm. liked, again, I know we didn't watch Unforgiven, so maybe that would have skewed the graph. It might have but, skewed but the graph, But not yeah. as strong as I remember them being. It's like, yeah. e- even though, you know, the, the cinematography is cleaner and the colours are brighter and the, the, the film, the you know, VHS is yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Um, not quite on the same standard as before. Um, I, and, yeah. I, and I it's that's... not almost until you get to Buster Scruggs that the, it looks back across all the cowboy films that's able to do that. So it's we, we, we talked about fallow decades before, but I mean, 80s, 90s, even 310 to Yuma, which which I still regard as a great film. You liked and I was, yeah. I was less keen on, but yeah. But, but yeah. T- taking the long view back, really you know it stopped at the outlawed josie wales and didn't pick up again till the ballad of buster you're right yeah and even even i mean the outlawed josie wales is an interesting one isn't it because even though i don't i don't think that's as good as some of the earlier ones but it had it had something of the grime and the grub and the authenticity i think which served it really well i think it's a really good point hugh yeah i I agree the um i i tend to find that there's you know in, with the vantage of time, we do a disservice to a lot of those films from the 30s and 40s because we view them from what our expectations might be, having watched films with big budgets, pristine cinematography, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I would argue that more time, you know, more often than not, a well-known um, classic film, but in any genre. From the from anywhere between the 1930 to about 1959, is going to be bloody great, right? <laughs> and it almost feel like now you've got to trust yourself a bit more and just go for it. So yeah. a good example of it would be there's there's one film that we both watched that isn't in this canon, and it's Destry Rides Again. Yes, so we both watched yeah. it because it was oh it's the Western year. Let's watch a film anyway. I watched it, you watched it, and we haven't yeah. reviewed it yeah. um, because it wasn't part of the 12 that we chose. But that was made in 1939 and um isn't really one of the most well-known westerns at all to be yeah, honest yeah. but has a verve and lightness and integrity and moral center to it that it would fit very nicely into any of the films that we saw in the first half of this particular season right yeah. it does a fantastic job on that um and it does make me wonder how many films am i missing out on because i don't trust that the 1930s, 40s, and 50s are going to produce a film that I am going to enjoy. Yeah. Right. I need to be more honest with myself and say, a lot of those films are better than anything I've seen recently. I absolutely agree. And I think sometimes you get sucked in thinking, well, this film doesn't look much, but there's going to be a car chase in it, and that'll, 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 that'll <laughs> yeah. give me the dopamine hit yeah. I need. Whereas, yeah. yeah, just yeah, watch a black and white that's kind of grainy and you know may have actors you don't recognise and fall into the world because. That yeah. that first half, in many ways, again, if 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 we could do this again, you could have just picked. Let's pick twelve from between nineteen thirty and nineteen sixty. Yeah, I think so. That takes us. Um, yeah, I think you, yeah, I think you could. Really have, I mean, the whole journey to to get that perspective. Um, you do perhaps. you do need that. You do need that. Absolutely. Good, yeah, it's not as good as Tombstone, as I remember. <laughs> well, I, I suppose in, in some ways, you know, we we are we 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 have compared Tombstone to the Searchers, and yeah. we have compared you know, young guns to stagecoach and, um, you know, to my darling Clementine and all this kind of stuff as well. So they're not fair comparisons, I guess, because some of those films are 
bona fide classics and they're not just yeah. classics of of the western genre they are hollywood yeah. you know they're, they're hollywood yeah. classics so and, and, and that isn't to diminish tombstone either right yeah. But, but we did call, um, we did call this the best of the West, and if that's the best this decade could offer, I mean, Tombstone, yeah. unforgiven, debatable, but Tombstone was up there. Tombstone was big, big. Um, yeah, you know, Young Guns yeah. was probably again yeah, one of the big cabos of the eighties. So we, we we did we picked yeah. the best the decade had to offer. Yeah, um, and and actually in that context, I, I agree. We and even when we may not have chosen the best in terms of critically the best, yeah. we would have chosen a film which was the the most successful or most regarded or one of the most regarded yeah. so we had our Guns. algorithm we we cross reference <laughs> decade by we, box yeah, office by do. audience yeah. rating we do all of that we do all of that and so you know it, it, it yeah because you know i wonder whether if we'd watch pale rider for example that might have been yeah. better than young guns i don't yeah. know but that's not the point and i think unforgiven is better than tombstone but yeah. that doesn't mean that tombstone wasn't the right film to watch um because of its because it is itself a good film and a very successful film as well um and it you know if we have because we haven't reviewed unforgiven we can do another western season in a few years time where we watch unforgiven so that's all good you know we've got that to look forward to but um well i think it, again should, should unforgiven ever appear on a, on a weekend at crombie's regular um, which we'll be yeah. turning to next year by the way indeed, don't panic indeed. um should that ever return um i think i feel much more braced to to study westerns and again if I if this season did nothing else, it prepared me to enjoy the Ballad of Buster Scruggs on a level I would yeah. not have been equipped to enjoy before. So you're right. I wonder whether if if um, because we both gave the Ballad of Buster Scruggs five, didn't we? So yeah. it's an absolute stone cold weekend at Crombie's. Uh, it gets a weekend at Crombie's with rosette, the court doesn't it? Up there with the court jester, yeah, and um, Breaker Morant. Exactly. <laughs> look, you know, there we go. <laughs> but look, you know, not many weekend at Crombie's films get the rosette, do they? They don't they get do. the rosette. Yeah. So he got the rosette, and um, I wonder whether if we hadn't watched those earlier films, it would have been a five star film or not. And I, I yeah. honestly don't think it would have been. Really. Well, maybe it would have been. I don't, but I, I don't think we would this have, is we hypothetical, isn't it? Yeah, but I think we, we might not have appreciated it as much. I, no, I certainly right. wouldn't have. No, I don't think I would have. I would have had the no, the, I don't think the I language to, to take it on. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't have watched it. It you know, it's not like it's a new film. It's been on Netflix for about four years. Yeah, yeah. I've not. I didn't even know what it was about. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously, I wouldn't have watched it. Um, we were talking about what has this what 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 things have we taken from this and you said old films were better than you thought they were going to be it's not a silly point it's not it's not stupid i think it's, i think it's absolutely fair the thing for me would be um what i what i think is a quintessential western trope doesn't exist oh right <laughs> yeah so um the the standoff didn't happen did it no, well, it, the, it, the 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 stand up the stand up in the in the high in the high street and face off. The closest it's come is um, again the quick and the dead when it's when it's parodied. It's a uh, it's a parody. I think yeah. the, the closest one that we saw was probably a fistful of dollars. Um, yeah, but yeah. it was so quick and it wasn't quite what we expected to be. So this idea of the standoff, yeah. the the you know the, 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 the stagecoach begins with John Wayne walking against three men in the night with a rifle. Then he drops mm. to the ground prone and takes them out. Yeah, and that's where it began. Even high noon. Yeah, where, where high, noon at high noon. It doesn't happen, really, does it? it doesn't happen at all, no. <laughs> so they're, they're street fighting, and like street fighting, yeah. and actually, it's better for it. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Because you have these. I, I was, I couldn't believe it. Actually, that's the. I think that's the most 
astonishing thing about this was um, you know th- that one example the the standoff the you know the 12 paces and like is one example but there're load of examples the idea of a revisionist western started in the 19 1950s and early 60s with the searchers yeah, yeah. It probably actually started earlier than that. Stagecoach is a revisionist Western of something. Westerns are revisionist, aren't they? That's yeah, what I take they are. from this. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, I, do you know what? I think even in the time of the Western, they were revising their own history. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a yeah. mythology that's perpetuates writing itself. Well, um, I, think, I think you're right. It's, it's a mythology that per- perpetuates itself. And I think it's because the Western was close enough to the real history. Yeah. And it also existed at the time of the burgeoning Hollywood system. And so those two things, it was it was equidistant between the two. Right. So you get the you you would have people who had lived in through gunfights who could have bought a ticket and watched those gunfights. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah. What what is a revisionist Western? I I don't know. Don't I just I just don't know. Um, it, It just makes you think. It, it makes me think that I should um, take a film more on face value than have expectations about what it should and shouldn't be. <laughs> right. You know, that, and, and, that, and that's that's what this this journey has has taught me anyway. Not but all good the good times. guys wear white hats and all the bad guys wear black hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's still happens, isn't it? Um, yeah, very good. Okay, so we, we've detoured completely, but we're, let's have a break. We'll give us. Well, we scores. had to detour, didn't we? Because we Absolutely. can't do another. We can't do another podcast. Explaining what we thought of the season, <laughs> simply because we can't fit in another podcast. <laughs> we can't. We can't. Honestly, oh enjoy your goodness. right till Christmas, viewers. Because uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I will not be listening to any of the podcasts that are released. I've had enough of Hugh's voice. <laughs> I haven't. Of course, I, I listen to every single one. Well, I'm yeah. wrapping my presents and plucking my turkey. Well, in some respects, you have to listen to them three times when they're recorded, when you do the editing, and yeah. when they're released. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, I triple our audience rating there, so I do worry. Yeah, well, that's true. It's always worth it, isn't it? <laughs> Got to get those views up, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we should give. Uh, so that that's closes the uh, the door, saddles the horse, oh, rises to the sunset of go, the best yeah. of the West. We'll round off by giving um, our scores for uh, the Harder They Fall, and then we will, of course, uh, tell you what to expect next year. Which, mm. if keen-eared listeners will know what to expect, because we told them a whole year ago before we <laughs> completely changed our plans. <laughs> yeah, someone somewhere has been on tender hooks, oh. waiting for the grand revival. <laughs> but don't give it away, even though you've just given it away. <laughs> yeah, well, we gave it away a year ago. Come on. <laughs> okay, okay, jingle time. <laughs> Welcome back, dear listener. Um, well, uh, yeah, as as we ride off into the sunset, um, we've watched The Harder They Fall. We've watched... Didn't we end up watching something like 16 films or something, if you take the... Um, the the, the, the dollars trilogy the dollars trilogy your destroy uh, skin yeah i feel bad for destroy skin again. but yeah it's it's a it's a it's like it's like um um winston in ghostbusters he's not really the main one it's not really he's not really a ghostbuster is he but he's there <laughs> That's Destiny Rides again. Destiny Rides again is going to live with me. Oh, God, wouldn't that be going to That would be nothing to anyone who hasn't seen Destiny Rides again. Anyway, they're not Destiny Rides yeah. again. We're talking about how no. they fall. So, yeah. so scores um, on the doors. Stores, you go first, Hugh. Okay, I'll go first. Um, it's just one score, isn't it? I'm, it's just yeah, we're not doing how, how Western-y is this how, western. how I, I think it was a romp. It was too long. 
but the exciting bits were very exciting. The characters were well played. And even though, oh, I do like a good plot, and this was not a brilliant plot, and that can drag it down, I think it might just scrape a three out of five for me. Ah, very good. Um, that, um, I, I, I think that this, uh, the highs in The Harder They Fall are very high, and there's some yeah. really great scenes in this. Um, and if, if you take it as a, as a, just a simple piece of entertainment, then you can get from one set piece to the other, and it really is very entertaining. Um, I, I loved uh, Lakeith Stanfield and um, Regina King in this. I think they're absolutely fantastic. Um, it's just a bit too long and it it, it loses its momentum a bit. I'm going to give it three as well. Um, I, th- I think it's it's solid, if not spectacular. There we go. Solid, if not spectacular, the harder they fall. And with that, uh, we will close the doors on the weekend at Crombie's three, the legend of Crombie's gold. Mm. The first... Uh, spin-off Crombie's Gold Den that took an entire year to do, but there was a lot of Westerns to watch. There were a lot of Westerns to watch, but... You did say you'd watch one a week. How did that go? Well, I ended up watching 70 Westerns this year. Wow! It's not bad going, is it? Oh my god. (laughs) Really? That's that's more than one a week, yeah. Lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) 70 Westerns and 12 Christmas films, and Oppenheimer. Yeah, well, that's still... Uh, so here's the thing, right? Um, that's still... This year is the year that I've watched the fewest films in nearly 10 years. Wow. The most was 225. Oh, my gosh. Was that, that the year you sleep? <laughs> yeah. No, that was the... <laughs> the ketamine year. That was the year I didn't have a child. <laughs> and I could just it sounds like you I had wanted. a child every year but that year, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Oh dear. No, yes. yeah. So I did watch a lot of Westerns this year. I'm quite looking forward to not watching a Western next year, I've got to say. Anyway, or just you... anything that I want to watch myself, <laughs> to be honest. You've indulged you've indulged just long enough, dear listener. So join us in the new year for Le Grand Vaudrule, as we promised so long ago. But join us even sooner than that when we will count yeah. you down all the way to Christmas with the twelve days of Crombie. And also it's worth mentioning dear listener that just because we are going... I, how, I, I did a really down note there of perfect finish and then he just yeah sorry <laughs> you did you did yeah but I, yeah. That, would have, that, that absolutely begged begged for the title credits to come in anyway. well you can still do it yeah well i'll tell you what <laughs> no i want to hear i want to hear this i want yeah, to hear no. it was so important that you had to jump in. i had to ruin your ending of the year. it wasn't just the ending of this podcast either it was the, the end year. of the year <laughs> This is why I, I I can't be like an an editor or anything like that because I don't know when I don't know what I don't know what what's right and wrong I don't know I just talk. What I was going to say what I was going to say was um you know don't 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 worry that we're only going to have one weekend at Crombie's theme next year. I mean I'm quite quite relieved that we're going back to weekend at Crombie's, but we're also going to be doing weekend at Crombie's too, aren't we? Season, season four, yeah. Season four. So, you know, there's loads of things there. Just cut that out. Good point. We can well talk made. about that next year, can't we? <laughs> I'm leaving it in. No, it ruins it. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you for sticking with us, listeners, for the whole year. We will uh, we'll see you down the trail. Uh, just one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, shoot me in the back. Marvellous. <laughs> I knew it as soon as you said, and we'll count those countdown to Christmas. And you it was almost like, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> and it's like, no, I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> all I needed was a good evening all. <laughs> I didn't even say good evening all. Good evening all. 